You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kipolevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. So the title of this year is, Can You Tell Me How This Rishon Read the Gemara? I want to build up towards a particular Rishon. I'm going to go through the Sugya um, in the Bavli, Sugya in the Rishalmi. We'll take a look at how this Rishon um, read this, um, what this Rishon says. I have not been able to figure out how the Rishon says this in light of the Gemara, and so I'll leave it to you at the end, hopefully, to be in touch with me and see if you can figure out a way for the Rishon to read the Gemara. Uh, it's a pretty wild topic. Um, we're talking about the topic of Kvod HaBriot, uh, human dignity, and the extent to which human dignity can and cannot uh, override um, other kinds of halacha. Uh, so we're going to start by reading the reading the sugya in the uh, in the Bavli, perhaps in a way that is not um, is not it's not the obvious way for uh, for you to read it, or the way which you read it previously. So we'll hopefully we'll, we'll make it a little bit more uh, more open ended than you might have uh, read it read it in the past. And then we'll go on to um, we'll go on to the Rishalmi, and then we'll uh, then we'll, we'll talk about the Rishon who tries to put them together and see if he succeeds or not. So the Gemara Brocha Staf Yotelam a bit says Amar Avida Marav Ravida says name of Rav Hamotze Kilayim Bevigdo. If you find Kilayim Shatnes in your garment, um, other people begirsa beged chavero in your friend's garment. Which is even more of a chumrah, as we'll see in a moment. Poshtana filabashuk. So you have to either remove them or remove them from your friend, even in the marketplace. Presumably, your friend is not wearing other clothing, so you're going to publicly humiliate yourself or your friend by taking off your only garment um, in the marketplace. And we're going to leave aside the question of whether this halacha changes uh, changes between men and women. Let's assume that it's it's where the right, there is a case in which a person will suffer public humiliation, and nonetheless they have to do that. They have to they have to take their clothing off. In order to avoid the Yisr of Shatnez. So the Gemara says, My Tama, what's the reason for saying this? Ein chachma tfunav Hashem. There's no, nothing is meaningful, right? No matter, whatever, whatever the source of your dignity is, whatever your your reasoning is, it's not meaningful against Hashem, right? But let me say, Some people try and tie in specifically the term Chilu Hashem, but that seems more likely to be just copied from where this is taken from, which is a sugya that really deals with Chil Hashem. Okay, so, right, so Ryuta stands for a principle. You want to put an equation that um, standard law, right, the law the way it would exist otherwise, overrides any conceptions of human dignity. So now the Gemara is going to cite um, five different uh, five different um, texts that appear to contradict this principle of Ryuta, and as opposed to Ryuta saying that um, Halacha beats Kavod HaBriot, they're going to say, no, Kavod HaBriot beats Halacha. So the first case is if you um, if the the if you've already buried right the relatives already buried a dead body and they're on their way back and there are two paths in front of them, one Torah and one Tameh. So then um, presumption Kohanim otherwise why would be an issue? Kohanim are allowed to accompany the mourners on whichever path they go on, even if they go on the Tameh path. Mishum Kvodo because of the honor which is usually understood to mean right, it's not the honor of the dead anymore because the dead person is buried and the funeral is over it's the, it's the honor of the of the live person the Gemara says hang on a sec but you're violating the, as a coin you're violating the history of becoming Tame Mace why can you take the Tame Pass just to accompany the mourner it must be that Rav Yudom Rav is wrong so Rabbi Abba right, really the Gemara knew this before asking the question Rabbi Abba says we're talking about a case not where there's a grave on the path because usually there aren't graves on public walkways Right, It's a place where there had been, where somebody had died, and they, right, and they were not sure that the corpse has been fully, um, fully cleared. 
Um, right, and we have this statement of Yudamur which teaches us that uh, a beta pras is only drabanan. So it turns out that halacha can only beat a beta pras drabanan. I always thought that this was this okimta with Mistabir and the Gemara anyway, because uh, if Kvodabrios beat biblical halacha, then you should be able to go to Levaya, Kwanim, right? So Kwanim, but the assumption is that Kwanim couldn't go to Levaya, they can only go back. What's the difference between Levaya and going back? So for now, we'll assume the only possible difference is between Tumadiraisa and Tumadirabanan. Okay, the Gemara quotes a second story. Rabbi Lazar says we used the Dalgina Yunal Gabi Ranochal Metim the Krat Melcha Yisrael. We used to jump over coffins in order to greet uh, greet Jewish kings. Um, right, so jumping over coffins. Right, Rabbi Lazar Batzadok is a Kohen. How could he jump over? How could he jump over a coffin in order to uh, fulfill even the mitzvah of greeting a Jewish king? Right, doesn't this again contradict Rabbi It must be the dignity of kings, and for this purpose of the sugya, the dignity of the dead, the dignity of the life, and the dignity of kings all get put together. As equivalent, we'll see if that holds up in the end, um, right? So the answer is no. This that sugi is following Rava. When you jump over a coffin, Rava said that coffins, the standard coffin, has a space of three tefachim between the top of the corpse and the and the top of the coffin, and therefore it's that that makes it only a tumah derabanan. Same answer, right? So we have a, right now our equation is halacha deoraisa beats kvodabriot, and halacha and kvodabriot beats halacha derabanan. Okay, now the gemara gets a little bit more uh, right. More dramatic, the Gemara says, um, right? Tashma, we have a, an apparent brayta which says, "Gadol kvod habriot shedochet lo Right? So there's a kvod habriot just wipes out lo tasei or et lo tasei uh, So hang on a sec, you know, hang on. Shatan is lo so that's about as directly a contradiction as you can get. So here again, the Gemara knew the answer in advance, right? Tirgama bar shava kamei rafkana, but Rav bar shava already explained this brayta in front of uh, and he said, sasur. right? And this is again in the text of Shadokha. If you have the text Shadokha et Lotase, or even if you have the text Shadokha Lotase, it doesn't say Shadokha kol Lotase. It sounds like it's singular. So why would one law be different than the other? So Rav uh, Bar says that the uh, the reason it is talking about the law of Shadokha, which is Durabanan. Um, then the Gemara says, I mean, they la- right, that they laughed at him because Lotasur is Dioraisa. Um, or say they, they lasted in Islo Sasser de Raisa, depending which way you, you hold about what the, the status of Drabanans is. Um, nobody seems to think that it means every aspect of Lavdalo Sasser that, uh, that you can violate you can violate the directives of the Sanhedrin, although that's also part of Lo Sasser. So even, even Rav Barshava's answer is somewhat, uh, even within his limitation to a part of the Lav, he's probably limiting it even within the Lav. Um, Serf Khanna says, don't laugh at him. Why? Because what he's talking about is, Kol he's only talking about the Rabbanan. So at the end of the three, right, we have three, we have a case of accompanying mourners, we have a case of jumping over coffins, that one's not going to matter to us anymore. Uh, in this in this conversation, we have the broad statement, and we think that all of those mean that the, um, that Halacha, halacha, that halacha deoraisa, we don't, none of those challenge the claim of Vida Marav, that halacha deoraisa beats kvod habriot, but they, they, instead they all stand for the proposition that kvod habriot beats halacha derabanan, even though halacha derabanan can be connected to lo sasur. Then the Gemara start, brings uh, another proof which takes us further. Right? Tashma vita lamta mehem, so, uh, right, it says, don't see, lo tereh chorachich v'seyoni dachim, don't see them, vita lamta mehem. So the question is, does that mean, don't see them and hide yourself from them, or is it being don't see them, hide them, hide yourself for, for them? Right? This is one of those like grammatical, 
right? Grammatic, grammatical puzzles, uh, figure ground type things. Um, so the Gemara says, why can you read it both ways? You read it both ways to say, Sometimes you should look away from someone's lost object, and sometimes not. So when are the cases where you're supposed to look away, even though that's against the, the Pashat Prat, because it ends up saying, right? that's the end of the Pashat, it makes clear that this Nisra Lota say you ordinarily, um, but, but it's the, redu- the redundancy itself gives us freedom, right? If it really, if if vitalanta mehem means don't is part of the lotira, lot then it's redundant. So we can say, but no, it, it's intended to tell us that the default is don't look away, but that there are cases where you can look away. So the Gemara says, the Zadabrisa says, there are three cases where you can look away. You can look away in the case if you're a coin and the lost object is in a cemetery. So that's a given, right? Because why would we think that returning lost objects overrides the Isertuma? You can look away. The third case it gives is if it's going to, you're going to end up charging the person more for taking care of the object than you will for the right. Then the value object is worth. So that's just a svara. The, the mitzvah isn't supposed to come at someone else's cost. And the interesting case is, oh, right to us is oh What happens if in some way picking up the lost object is beneath your dignity? The so Gemara talks about a zakain. So there's a debate. Does a zakain mean? Uh, does it mean an elder? Does it mean right, somebody who's old? Does it mean somebody who has a reputation as a chacham? But the basic principle seems to be right. It depends on right. It's, it depends on what your status of dignity is. You can imagine somebody who is not a zakain, but they but somehow it's beneath their dignity to pick this up, right? Whatever. Right. It could be a subjective standard of dignity, and it seems like a straightforward claim that whatever that if picking up the lost object has a dignity cost to you that is greater than the financial gain to the other party, um, then you are allowed not to do it. And that sounds like Vodabriot being Doha Halacha. And now we're talking about the Orisa. So the Gemara answer is, no, that case is different because there's a Pasuk. A very sensible thing, there's a Pasuk, so you can't generalize it. But the problem is, uh, really there are two kinds of Sukkim, right? As we call a Binyan Av, and there's a Chidosh. So a Chidosh, if the Torah tells it to you in one place, is counterintuitive. So since it's counterintuitive, you say, okay, it applies to that case, but not to any other case, right? Really, the default setting was the other way, and this comes to tell you that you can break the default in this case. On the other hand, if the one halacha is intuitive, then we say the Pasuk is a binav. It teaches us it's true everywhere. So the Gemara's first answer is saying, no, that case is different because there's a Pasuk. That answer only works if you treat it as a Chiddush. But the Gemara says, the Gemara mina. Why is it a Chiddush? Makes sense to me that Kvod HaBriot should be Doch HaLacha Deiraisa. So let's take it as a binav and say that all halacha is is defeated by kvod abriot. So Gemara answers There are boundaries even to a binav. You can't learn out to call a Torah kula. You can only learn out to halachas like it. So we can learn out to here that that uh, that kvod pushes aside all isurim um, associated with money. So here again, you have to think about like what really does the sugi mean? Does the sugi mean? That uh, if I feel it's terribly undignified that I cannot, um, I don't know, I can't drive a car, which uh, gives me proper prestige among my neighbors, whether just stam people look down on me, or I'm the rabbi. So the rabbi, right, the rabbi driving an old used car is very undignified when everyone else is driving around with uh, really cool uh, new ones, or particularly maybe you know it's it's undignified and it creates a really bad impression if the rabbi is still driving around the gas guzzler and everyone else has an environmentally conscious electric car. So does that mean the rabbi can steal a car? The car or not? So there still has to be some kind of sliding scale, at least, between dignity and... Uh, it, it doesn't mean that any consideration of human dignity overrides all considerations of halacha um, But the principle is there that there is some level of human dignity 
that in principle can override all halachos associated with money. And, but you have to be very responsible about making the claim and, right, and how you verify it and all those sorts of issues show up. Okay, so now we have a principle that kavod abrios beats, can beat. Again, it doesn't mean it beats all of them, doesn't mean all kavod, but there is a level of kavod abriot which can beat halacha uh, de Rabbanan, and there is a level of kavod abriot which can beat halacha de Oraisa associated with money. So now the Gemara tries to generalize it further. Uh, it comes with the, the Pasuk says that if you're, right, treats the Pasuk as lachoto, we're not going to get into the, the Midrash halacha mechanism. Discuss the um, exact mechanism by which the Gemara derives things from these, uh, from the Pasukim, but the end, the end, for our purposes, what matters is the Gemara ends up, uh, ends up quoting this Breitza, which derives from the word lachoto, that if you're on your way to Shech the Korban Pesach, or to uh, or to maul your son, and you find a you find a mate mitzvah, then you have an obligation to bury the mate mitzvah, even if that means that you will not um, you will not succeed in bringing carbon pesach in time, or or uh, or having your son circumcised within uh, within the proper time period. Which is and these are isuric kares, right? You get kares if you don't do them. Uh, so the gemara seems, so that seems to think that uh, that. Kvot overrides even the Oraisas, um, right? You're, you have a chiv to bring a carbon Pesach in time, or you get kares, or you have chiv to mal your son the eighth day, or you get kares. Uh, so, how can we do this? The Gemara answer is, right, there's a Pesach. So, again, the same issue, there's a Pesach, but saying there's a Pesach and this is an exception only works if it's counterintuitive. But if it's intuitive, for the Gemara Minah. So, the Gemara, right, why don't we just derive from here that, in fact, Kvot uh, beats all kinds of alechas. The Gemara says, Shevel Tasashani. Uh, right, you can't really generalize it because um, here we're telling you, right, we're telling you to violate the Torah by not doing something, by not bringing a carbon pesach, by not um, by not um, being mal, being mal your son. That doesn't tell me that you can activate Torah, you can actively violate Torah at least in areas outside the realm of money. Okay, right. So we might say that I think that's the conventional way of reading the sugya is. At the end of the sugya, we say that Kvod Abrios beats the Rabbanans, and Kvod Abrios beats everything associated with money. Again, only if, right, not every case of Kvod Abriot, but there is a level of Kvod Abriot that can, that, that can override these, and there's even a, little, a level of Kvod Abriot, and we're not distinguishing among these levels right now, which overrides Halacha Deoraisa B'Shev Valtase. So, but then, right, as Tosos points out, but it's also true that we tell a coin to become uh, right to become tame for a uh, for a mace mitzvah. Um, so Rashi says, right? I might say, right, yeah, I might say there's no iser, but Pashta says there there is an iser. We we tell the coin, coin, God all nazir. Everybody has to become tame for a mace mitzvah. So the answer is that um, the Tosos record, which also are given in some gersos of the Gemara, is well, iser of kohanim are different because they're lav sheino sheva bekol. And really, if you look at it, right, it sounds like the one way of reading the sugya, and I think this is a very powerful way of reading the sugya, uh, is that the sugya doesn't give you the boundaries within which kvod abrios beats halacha. It tells you there's one case in which halacha beats kvod abrios, which is shatnez in the marketplace. So that establishes this principle that you can't say that human needs override divine commands as a theoretical principle, but as a practical matter, every time the shaila comes up, you look to find some way to say, oh no, this this case is somehow different. You might think that ends up with Rida Marav not being coherent because what happens to Ein Chachna, Ein Fudan, Ein Tzal Neged Hashem, it turns out that Kvod Abrios almost always wins. But it wins because that is Ritzon Hashem. 
um, and not because we just think that in principle that um, that that uh, human dignity overrides overrides halacha. Okay, so I think right the way I like frame the sugya, the sugya is a vector or a ray. It tells you right. It tell, we start off with this absolute principle of Marav. At the end, right at the end of this sugya, we've narrowed it down significantly. But if you right, if you assume there are many truths that are not in the Gemara, right? Nazir of the Gemara, right? Shonim says, and some again, some verses of the Gemara say is different because Nazir is based on a neder, so you could always be shoal on the neder. So right, so any halacha which has any degree of weakness uh, can be defeated by kvod habriot. The only thing, however, that seems absolutely clear in the context of the sugya is there's no way anybody could tell you that you don't have to take off your clothes immediately if you find shotness on them in public, and if you have the other gear, so there's no way anybody can tell you that you can't, you don't have to take off even your neighbor's clothes if you discover them wearing shotness in public and for whatever reason they're not taking them off themselves. Right? And the Ramah thinks even your Rebbe, right? So that right, so that that seems to be incontrovertible. Uh, but while that is the Bavli, that is not necessarily the case in the Rishalmi. Alright, so Mishnah uh, Kilayim Tes Aleph has a rule which says in a right? So there's no there's no um, category of temporariness in halacha regarding to uh, regarding kilayim, meaning that you can't say I'm just wearing it for a moment. Right? We're going to leave open the whole right, the question of what exactly that uh, that means al halacha and how it applies to all the cases that uh, that come up. Um, okay, so so Yerushalmi says the um, says the following. Uh, if um, it's on that mission of uh, if you're walking in the marketplace and it turns out that you're wearing kilayim there are two amarayim arguing about this one of them says it's forbidden one of them says it's permitted we're going to assume that forbidden means that you have to take them off immediately and mutar means you don't have to take them off immediately so so the person who says it's forbidden meaning you have to take them off immediately Dvar Torah. So that, right, he thinks that something is Dvar Torah. Mutar, and the one who says it's permitted, so he's following a statement of Zaira, which we have, as, which is a version of the bright that we quoted in the Bavli. Great is, is, is the text we have is Kvod Harabim, but in context, let's assume it means the same thing as Kvod Habriot. Uh, so right, the greatest human is human dignity because it pushes aside ha mitzvah belot It pushes aside momentarily. So you can think that means momentarily as opposed to for the long term, and connect that back to inarayli kliyim. Uh, but what matters to us is just sort of the simplest reading of this is that um, is that there is an amora who says that uh, mutar, which is that right, we don't have to take the clothing off until you get home. That seems like a direct contradiction to Rav. But the simple solution is to say, well, hang on a second. The person who said to take it immediately said Dvar Torah. So what he means, you're talking about a case of Shatnez Dio Raisa. And the one who says, the person who says that you're allowed to keep the clothing on, and he quotes Rabbi Zera, well, we know what Rabbi Zera right, was understood to mean in the Bavli, when he said, what he meant was the Mitzvah of as it applies to the Rabbanans. So the simplest way of reading the Yerushalmi is that actually it agrees with the Bavli entirely. The Amora, right, one Amora says you're allowed, to, you, you have to take it off immediately because it's a Doraisa case, which is what Rav was talking about in the Bavli. And the one who says you're allowed, you're allowed to uh, delay taking it off 
is because he thinks we're talking about a case of shot is Like, for example, if you're wearing um, two shirts, one of linen and one of wool, and you can't take off the underneath one without taking off the top one, so it's not one beged, but it's still also drabanan because they're not removable without each other. But um, while this reading is uh, very attractive to reconcile just that Yerushalmi and that Bavli, it doesn't work with another um, with another uh, Yerushalmi, which is Nazir uh, Perik Zayin Aleph or Brachot Gimel Aleph, where the Gemara there quotes the the parallel to the first case quoted in the Bavli. Um, right, or again, Rabim seem to interchange in manuscript. So, should a person, right, should a person become tame for kavod, right? Many people make sure a coin, right? Let's assume it's a coin. Tane, so we quote our case to matimot. There are two paths of equal lengths, uh, or there are two paths to the same result. We're going to leave out why rechokah and krova matter. So you can take the tame path. Right, there's some element of kavod that enables you to take the uh, to take the the, the tame path. The Gemara says, "Ad kedun but I might think that that case is only talking about tumadurabanan, which, as we saw in the Bavli, is the most likely uh, understanding of that case, because otherwise, you should, you, right, the coin could have gone to the funeral. Um, but the Gemara says, "No, but vartora." But I could derive that whatever the code involved there would even override the Arises. So, however you understand it, and that could be. So that tells me that Kvarabrios even overrides Tuma that that is Dvar Torah. So we can say, okay, that doesn't disagree with the Bavli straight out and say that Tuma overrides all Dioraisas. All it means, right, because we have the answer already given in some versions of the Bavli in Yerushalmi, which is that Tuma for Kohanim, even for Nazir, is different. Why? Because for Kohen, it's a law of Shinoshava Bakol. It's not a law that applies equally to everybody. And for Nazir, it's Yeshno Beshela. That you could ask it, right? That you could undo the neder, uh, but you what you can't get out of saying is that this Bavli thinks that the statement means that it pushes aside real lota says and that means that the opposition of the suga we learned, we said two amaraim argue, one of them says dvar Torah and the other one says following Rab Zera, so that's not even though the Bavli understood Rab Zera that way, we'd have to claim there's a machloket in the Rishalmi. As to whether to understand Reb Zera that way, and Pashtas, we wouldn't say that. So that means that the right that really the machlokas in the Rishalmi is going to be one person says that uh, that it's usher to take off, you you have to take your clothes off immediately uh, because it's deoraisa, and the other person says no, right? Just like the sugevir, even though it's deoraisa, the principle gadol kvod habriot is enough to push aside even halacha. Uh, even halacha deraisa, and now in this right, if we put those two sugya together, it goes further because it tells you right now we have a, a, a an amora in the uh, in the Yerushalmi who explicitly rejects Rav. So even though the Bavli takes Rav as its Archimedean point, but right, at the end of the day, no matter how many cases you say kavod overrides, you can't allow uh, you can't allow kavod the kavod of public nakedness to override the halacha of shatnez. The Yerushalmi says that's a machlokas amarayim. Okay, so that's very interesting to know, um, but it doesn't really change anything halacha because presumably we paskin like the Bavli over the Yerushalmi. Okay, so that brings us to the Rishon that I want your uh, your help with, right? Because 
we can say the Bavli, it seems to me there's no way to read the Bavli without leaving Rav intact. We can read Yerushalmi as having a machloket about it, but that still leads us to a machlokas on Bavli Yerushalmi. Is there any way to read the Bavli in such a way that the outcome of the sugya is that we reject Ravidam Arav and we think there's no principle left, that there's no kind of halacha that in principle Kvod HaBriot can't be docha. So here is uh, what is called um, in a book called the Perishim Psakim Shal Rabbeinu Avigdor HaTzorfati. It's number Kuf Pezayin, 187 in that. It's also found in the anthology of the Bali Atosfut, uh, Moshav Zikinim, Tevayikra Yud Tet Yud Tet. That's why it's this week, that's the shir for this week's, uh, for this week's parsha. Uh, the, it, Moshav Zikinim seems a word for word quote, and there's a great machlokas among the scholars of whether, about who Rabbi Vigdor Hatsarfati is. So we're just going to treat it as somebody, somebody from sometime in the period, sometime in the Middle Ages, um, you know, in Western Europe. Uh, okay, so here's what he says. From here we get the Mishnah, which says that the Isser of Kilayim applies even uh, for a momentary wearing. Well, it might be debate about what constitutes wearing, but momentariness is not the issue. So he understands that the Machlokas in the Yerushalmi is about whether the claim that it's uh, that you can't wear shatnas even momentarily is Dioraisa or Dirabanan. If a person understands while walking in the marketplace that they're wearing Kilayim, So according to the person who says that this Mishnah teaches us a halacha Dioraisa, so then you have to take it off immediately. And the person who says that uh, that the prohibition against wearing uh, wearing shatness temporarily is only Durabanan, so then you can quote Rabbi Zira and say, that pushes it aside, and we have to work out what his definition of temporariness is, of Arai is, and how, right? Um, but that ties in very well with the Yerushalmi's Girsa in Rav Zira, which says, that it's, right, even Rav Zira only works aside temporarily, so the two things work together, the temporariness makes it awry, so it's only Nisra Durabanan in the first place, and then Kvod Abriyos pushes it aside, uh, pushes it aside um, because it's uh, temporary as well. Okay. But then he says something um, really interesting. He says, V'yesh mefarshim. But some people say, D'chulei alma isluhu diyoraisa. Some people say that everybody agrees that the prohibition of, that will be violated by keeping the Vekilayim on even temporarily until you get home is diyoraisa. But nonetheless, because of Kvod Abrius, you can keep the garment on until you get home. Okay, so now he's reading Yerushalmi uh, slightly differently than I read it earlier, but in a uh, but the structure is clear that the Yerushalmi has a machlugas amoraim. One amor, right, one amor agrees with the Rida Marav and the Bavli, and the other amor disagrees. Machlugas Yerushalmi and Bavli, and everything is great. But now he says v'ik sas kasha. I think that's the best way to. to uh, to unpack the uh, Reshutevos um, Kuf Kuf here. Um, but it could also be that it was supposed, supposed to be a Lamed and this would be Ikashi Allah. I, I don't have access to the manuscript and there's only, I think think it only exists in one, in, uh, it probably exists in multiple manuscripts, but if they all have Kuf Kuf so far as I can see here. Right? So if you're going to say, say, when we say that Kvod pushes aside a Lotase, Hani Mili Beshev Ve'al 
Alakuma say lo. You're gonna tell me, hang on a sec. How can you say that we're quoting Abzaira? Abzaira only applies to passive things. So what's he quoting? He's quoting the last terrace in the Bavli. So now he's saying he's asking Akasha on this parish in the Rishalmi from the Bavli, so he must think you can read them together. And Akasha is, how can you read the Rishalmi as how could somebody read the Rishalmi as saying that we would have an Amora who would be cholik on Rido Marav and say that you don't have to take off your garment in the marketplace, that contradicts our sugya, which says that uh, right, which says that the reason Rabbi Marav is intact is because you don't say Kvodabrios to push aside something become Asay. Now he could have given a clever answer and said that um, that keeping your clothing on is not really Kumase, it's really only Shevel Tase. That would still end up with a Machlokas Bavli Nirushalmi about the case of Shatnez, but it wouldn't uh, it, but it would leave them conceptually agreeing that Kvodabrios still can't push aside a Deraisa Bikumase. Um, but he doesn't take the right. Tosfos has a as a whole uh, right. Tosfos and Brachos has to explain why it is that keeping your garment on is considered to be uh, is considered to be kumase, even though for Shabbos purposes something might not. Right, that's a whole separate issue. Um, okay, but that's not the answer that the parish of Ravidov and Sarfati gives. It's Vyesh Lomar, and he says no. We could say the Hani Mili Kvod Hamet. We made this distinction between. We only said that about the kavod of the dead. But the kavod of the living, that um, pushes aside halacha even deoraisa, even bekumase, which the editor thinks means perish or benet sarfat. Rabbanet sarfat, I don't see any basis for that claim. Uh, but, you know, there are. There is a Rabbi Tzadok who's quoted occasionally, uh, but this abbreviation, Perish Sadi, appears, I think, essentially only here. Uh, so who knows, right? Who knows? Like, you know, we don't know who Ravigdor is. How can we know who's Rabbi Mar? Somebody else, right? This is a parish that, that this parish Rabbi Avigdor at Sarfati said, and he thinks that somebody before him uh, before him said it as well. Okay, so what does he say? He already says that the way to read the Bavli is that the last terrace. Shani Shevel uh, Tase Shani only applies in the context of Kvod HaMetim, but not in the context of Kvod HaChayim. So if that's the case, right, right, the the last terrace in the Bavli still disagrees with Rida Marav, because Rida Marav is talking about right, Rida is talking about Kvod HaChayim, so that is Doche. I cannot find a way to read the sugya that way. It seems to me clear that the structure of the sugya, even the way I read it, uh, as a vector, the structure of the sugya is that Rida Marav has to be your uh, has to be your firm point, your Archimedean point that doesn't move. Uh, so I'm utterly baffled as to how this uh, Rishon could read the Sugi that way, so I'm leaving that to you. Uh, I do emphasize this, say, you know, so now what we have now is one Rishon who says this. It's very hard to suggest that there are any circumstances where even as a extreme Shasat Chak you could be Somech on this, because uh, it's against the Gemara, so until you write it so you don't get started that way. Uh, secondly, it might be that if he's integrating the Bavli Yerushalmi, that a really key point to him is Sha'achat. He doesn't think that anything is Doha for more than Sha'achat, however that is defined. Uh, right? So that would be another limitation uh, on it. Right? It wouldn't, certainly wouldn't apply to anything that, uh, right, that happened repeatedly uh, or that happened, you know, that was an ongoing basis. Right? That, that's another limitation. And thirdly, as I said earlier, um, nobody understands any of this to mean that... Um, that every instance of Kvodabriot overrides 
every instance of halacha of a particular type. Um, right up there, right, it means that there is a, an extreme level of kvodabriot that is docha, right, that can be docha this kind of halacha, and leaves us, right, the Rishon already distinguished between uh, issue of kavod that's really gadol and issue of kavod that's really, that's not, that's not really so gadol. All those distinctions will have to be made. Uh, the distinction between kavod hamed and kavod hachayim is, is relevant. The distinction between kavod rabim and, uh, and kavod yachid, all those are relevant distinctions that have to be made in the context of halacha. Uh, at the same time, I think that um, that it's worth knowing that there is this one Rishon who seems to have said it, and I would love it if uh, somebody could uh, construct for me a reading of that Rishon that uh, was a coherent a, a coherent explanation of the Bavli. Uh, if you have one, you are uh, more than welcome to email me at moderntorahleadership at gmail.com. Uh, either email the answer or just um, or send up some way which you can tell it to me. I would love to hear it. Uh, thank you very much. Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode.